If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Gianni. It's good to be with you. And if this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome. Um, because on Mainstream, the team behind Sifter.com.au and friends discuss their experiences playing a variety of games. Some of those big AAA titles, the smaller micro games, things you might find tucked away on itch, indies, retro releases, anything else that we've really stuck some time into and taken time to consider in depth. This week, we're digging into Death Door, which is a stylish top-down Zelda-like game from Acid Nerve, who you might know as the developer of Titan Souls. And my guest on Mainstream this week is Chris Button, a games journalist who writes for Games Hub uh, and Byteside, and also the host of the Apple Arcade podcast, Mobile Arcade Club. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Gianni. Really appreciate it. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the game Death's Door. Um, it's one that I think has gained a lot of praise, and I can really see where people have fallen in love with this game. So let's jump right in. You're listening to Mainstream by Sifter. Visit us on sifter.com.au. Chris, if people have not come across Death's Door before, how would you describe it? What sort of game and how, is, how does it play? Yeah, I'd, I'd describe it similarly to how, how you introduced it just before, is that it is uh, very much a, a Zelda-like experience. Uh, so uh, a lot of people tend to throw it in the bucket with A Link to the Past, uh, except with Death's Door, it's this lovely sort of isometric view, 3D um yeah, action action sort of adventure game where yeah you're playing as this little little crow who as part of this uh, it's you know funny little setup this sort of bureaucracy of crows who are the reapers of the dead uh, for lack of a better term and yeah you're you're trying to yeah recover recover souls of the the recently deceased and make sure this this whole little bureaucratic operation of you know making sure all the the dead are accounted for is uh, is is that accounted for? But uh, yeah, something goes wrong along the way, so you've got to chase up some uh, missing leads uh, as far as the the afterlife is concerned. Yeah, I guess the main uh, you know the main conflict in that is when things are supposed to go a certain way um, and they don't. When people sort of change the 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 path, the natural path, and what what questions it sort of raises about how. Uh, you know, death and our role in life and the choices that are made is sort of a curious um, thing that's explored in this game. It's done, uh, you know, in a very stylized way. I think the first thing that people notice when they're playing this game is how beautiful it is. It really is mm. 
architecturally, I find actually amazingly stunning to look at. Um, even uh, you know, looking at some like the um, the tiling on the floor, uh, that something you wouldn't think would be directly con- considered that much. It just like it feels like you're sitting in a world, uh, and that's really contrasted by that bureaucracy you described as well. You know, a colourless world of the of the reapers where you're you're getting orders from people who sit at desks who are excited to do paperwork and things like that in the, this sort of avian uh, bureaucracy. Um, so, so the gameplay-wise, can you kind of give us a few touch points uh, about where it is? I know it's sort of Zelda-like, but it is, um, for me, uh, a game that sort of has a few other influences as well that you can really feel it wears on its sleeve. Yeah, I mean, there's there's sort of similarities to some of the, the Dark Souls games in terms of there is a heavy reliance on dodge rolls to, to uh, avoid attacks and, and that sort of thing, which, I mean, there's that many games that have dodge rolls, but Dark Souls is certainly the one that comes uh, first to mind for popularising that, that method of combat. But, yeah, you've you've got your, your little sword or whatever weapon you've got equipped. Uh, you can actually equip an umbrella, and I believe there's an achievement for uh, beating the game wielding nothing but the umbrella for those who are up to the challenge. Uh, and along the way, you do learn various spells or magic based attacks like uh, fireballs or you uh, acquire bombs and other other abilities as well so it it does really harken back to uh, a lot of those um, those Zelda like combat um, abilities where yeah the further you go the further you progress you acquire different weapons and and different uh, different abilities as well which not only have combat implications but they also have uh, implications for exploring the world and exploring um uh, solving puzzles rather uh for example the bombs can be used to to blast open uh sort of rocks or obstacles in your way that you couldn't get through previously uh, and also your your fireball spell can be used to to light up various lanterns or um uh, yes, yeah, sort of places that need to be lit up, which can uh, open up other areas in puzzle-like sections or just uh, add a bit of ambient light to the area, which is nice. It's very Zelda-y in that way, I find. Yeah. That's, um, you know, really, as someone who loved the, the 2D Zelda titles when they came out, it, that, it is touching a lot of those points for me. Um, what I think I found, which was surprising, I guess, um, was the the sort of difficulty curve when you're first starting. It's not a punishing game. Um, in fact, that you, you know, you, you sort of have sort of checkpointed, you know, paths, and if you fail, you get this big death on the screen, which mm. is kind of uh, ominous and, and, and cool and nicely designed. But, you know, in the first part of it, I was seeing that screen quite a bit. I'm, telling, I'm curious how, how that sort of fit with you in terms of working out what the systems of this game um, were like when you were trying to find your feet. I, I like a good good bit of challenge uh, with with these sort of games, and I found uh, Death's Door to have have a good amount of challenge. Not not one that uh, feels insurmountable or perhaps uh, a little bit unapproachable, like um, the say the Dark Souls games, which I mentioned before, which can be a little bit off putting to people unfamiliar with the genre. But yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of challenge uh, in terms of there's a decent variety of enemies. Uh, there's 
little little sections or dungeon areas which you know shut off the the rooms as you fight off waves of enemies uh, so sometimes you can be, uh, get overwhelmed by numbers but i think one, one of the things that death store does well to to mitigate some of the early challenge and even the increasing challenge as the game goes on is that with the the souls uh, or you know the, the the currency that you acquire uh, along the way you're able to spend that back at sort of like the, the crows HQ, their, their little operations for sorting out all the paperwork of the of the uh, the, the dead. Which um, yeah, it's surprising how much paperwork is involved with processing uh, the uh, sort of moving of creatures to the afterlife. But um, once you're there, you can then spend uh, the in-game currency on uh, upgrading various stats uh, whether that be your evasion uh, so being able to to roll uh, again in quick quicker succession with with a reduced cooldown there or uh, deal more damage or you know being better at uh, spells and that sort of thing so even even though some of the, the challenge can be uh, pretty full-on at times there's there's generally a sense of that you're building towards something, and that you're getting just a little bit better equipped to uh, to face whatever encounters are thrown your way. And that's that's not to say it's it's a, a roguelite, um, because I I think one of the common questions I'd seen thrown towards the game ahead of people trying it out or buying it is that is this a roguelike or a roguelite? Uh, but it's it's not in that sense in terms of oh if you die you know you lose a bunch of your progress because I think there's pretty generous checkpoints and you know you don't necessarily lose everything upon death but you do still have some form of upgrading and progression to to get just a little bit stronger the more you play. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think it it's sort of came at a time um, when uh, Hades was obviously making such a big splash for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and there are similarities with it. And I, I think actually one of the main things that I uh, came into this game expecting was it actually to be more like Hades and more leaning on that sort of roguelike or roguelite elements. Um, I'm curious as to whether or not the sort of the balance of everything sort of sits right for me but for me like as someone who really likes these games and i'm wondering if it's an expectation thing i found myself um uh, kind of struggling to get through it uh in a, in a way that I'd, i hadn't with some other games in the genre um because i know you, you love this game yeah 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 big big fan of death's door and i think it's you know beautiful in in all aspects but i think that, that that is an interesting comparison to make considering the the popularity and the legacy of hades uh and and it's funny to be talking about hades legacy considering how young or how recent the game is but it just goes to show the how, how great and how popular that game is but i think i think death's door works better as uh, in, in the approach that it goes for in terms of not adopting that, that roguelike progression uh, sort of as rigidly as the likes of Hades or uh, off the top of my head, Enter the Gungeon, Rogue Legacy, those sort of things. But I, I, I do understand because the, the likes of Hades, it, it does feel like that even with each, each death in Hades, not only are you gaining something a little bit more each time to progress and become stronger, but you're also getting teased a little bit more story as well, whereas uh, Death's Door, it's it's more a case of you don't get to see more of the story until you overcome this particular gate 
uh, in your way. So I think perhaps that's an element uh, that, um, you know, while you're trying to get across a, a difficult part of Death's Door, you're not necessarily getting the same drip feed of story and lore as you would playing Hades. Maybe that's an element. Mm. I, I mean, that sounds like a, a, an interesting thing because I always felt that there was that sort of meaningful progression um, in in that game. Um, and for Death Store, I did really feel that there were those moments where, you know, it, it is similar to a lot of these other titles. Like in Zelda, if exactly the same sort of thing happens. Um, and I've played a lot of those series of games, but maybe it was just the framing in my mind, maybe where it sat. But yeah, Hades, I always felt like I was moving forward even if I had made a mistake or didn't do a run the way it was supposed to be. Um, I know you spoke to the developers of this game. Um, you know, they're only a small team. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what they told you about how um, they designed this game off the back of uh, their previous game, Titan Souls, um, which was, again, a boss fight game um, where, mm. you know, it was all about uh, finding those perfect moments. Um, but, you know, some of that framing that you, you thought was interesting and, and, and you were able to discover from the systems after talking to them. Yeah, so the uh, the couple of lads based in the UK from Acid Nerve, uh, Mark Foster and David Fenn. Uh, so the, it's the two two main uh, people, but they they did contract uh, a few other people uh, to help with concept art and incorporating a lot of those creative elements as well. While they handled the the bulk of the programming, level design, and music composition as well. Uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me from from the conversation is that we we talk about a lot of the inspirations, or we, we've already mentioned very heavily. Death's Door is very much like a Zelda game, and yes, they did acknowledge that. Yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, the Legend of Zelda inspirations there, but it's it's very much, and I think this is true of any developer you speak with, that Death's Door is a bit of a, a culmination of their entire history playing video games. So there's there's a little bit of Zelda. There's even I, I think with the, the level design, they were looking to catch uh, capture some of the sense of wonder of the perhaps the, the 3D Super Mario games um, in terms of how you're rewarded for exploring off the beaten track and finding some uh, hidden goodies along the way. Uh, but then also uh, one, one of the big inspirations was was outside of video games. And I think this is seen in some of the, the character design and some of the, the sense of whimsy throughout the entire game of Death's Door is, uh, and Gianni, please do correct me, uh, Studio Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli. I never have to oh, pronounce who it. All who that. knows? Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Interchangeably yeah. used. Yeah, or, or perhaps I could just uh, go for the go for the easy route and say uh, a lot of the, the films directed by uh, Miyazaki. Um, in terms of yeah, some of the, those um, you know sort of the, these fantastical character designs and the the the, the real, real quirkiness combined with. There's a lot of light and dark woven throughout Death's Door. So you've got the the light in terms of you're playing as this very small, cute crow uh, wielding a a big sword to to fight off enemies and that sort of thing. You know, working for this really, really weird and uh, quirky bureaucratic death operation. But then you, you come across some you know, hulking behemoths of enemies like this uh, automated castle that shoots laser beams at you. Um, and one of the, the first main bosses after the first main dungeon area uh, is this uh, is this witch who you, you, you look at this witch and, yes, you can see that, uh, that beautiful anime film uh, sort of translation 
or sort of inspiration there. So there's uh, yeah, there's there's a fair bit of fair bit of inspiration and fair a fair few ideas that have gone into Death Door from within video games and and outside of the medium as well. I'm curious about the soundtrack as well because you did speak to the developers about uh, just to Fen who who worked on this soundtrack also worked on um, other games like Moonlighter as well because it it is a game I recommend putting your headphones on if you're like me playing it on the Switch where um, most recently where it's just come out um, you know and listening to the world that it's there um, tell me a little bit about what what the soundtrack sort of meant for you and your experiences of, of listening to the world of Death Store. Yeah, it's it really is a beautiful soundtrack. Absolutely, um, it, it really it really draws you in very quickly. Even on the the menu sort of main theme, with uh, a lot of these beautiful piano medleys um, and uh, melodies, rather, and uh, you know a lot of um, sort of orchestrated sounds along with some um, some. Uh, electronic keys as well throughout some of the uh, the boss boss themes and boss music as well, but um, again, yeah, speaking with with uh, David Fenn about how the, the soundtrack was was put together, he he was saying that he he felt like this this was like the, the first thing that he's you know totally and completely proud of. Like he's proud of his his work for uh, Moonlighter, and he also did the composition for Titan Souls as well. But I think this this by by his his own admission and he did so in the the typically british humble uh, way as well in terms of very very self uh, uh, self-deprecating and, and deflecting that yeah he felt like this this was his his best work uh composition wise to date and it's no surprise to, to see why because when, when i did start playing death's door my my partner laura who she she loves video games as well but she um she doesn't play as many uh different games as i do and while i was playing she she walked in and it was very very curious what 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 are you playing that's you know such a such a great soundtrack and i've actually heard stories from other people as well that um the whether they've got partners or friends or family who who don't play games uh have actually requested oh can you play some more of that game because that soundtrack's really beautiful uh so it's uh it's a really really lovely uh soundtrack and it goes so well with the game uh, as I mentioned before, the, the the light and dark. There's mm. you know some of this this light, beautiful uh, piano mixed with uh, these um, sort of melancholy sounds as well. And then there's some really epic and stirring boss battle music, uh, you know, tracks as well. So yeah, it's 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 got the range. I'm wondering what is a moment that really stood out to you that sort of crystallized your experience while playing this game. I think I think one of the one of the really cool moments I liked and this this is slightly ever so slightly spoilery for the the first dungeon boss referring back to that uh, that witch the the urn witch is uh it's it's a little bit of a callback to uh, Titan Souls with how that was a game about fighting these massive bosses where uh, you could defeat anything in one hit. However, you had to find that specific opening, whatever it was, whether it was a glowing spot on their back or whether it was after a particular series of attacks that they left open. It was never easy to, to do so. But with, um, with, with Death's Door, 
while it's not quite as rigid in in fighting enemies, you can deal damage in various ways. But there was a, a nice little throwback in terms of there was uh, there's a moment during the Urn Witch fight where she uses her urn to sort of start sucking you in and doing like a, a big bit of damage. But if you've got the fireball spell equipped, and and this was in no way telegraphed, I just happened upon this by accident. If you launch a fireball while she's using her urn as a vacuum, uh, the the fireball will enter the, the urn and sort of cause it to, to blow up from the inside, dealing a massive amount of damage to the witch and leaving her stunned uh, for, a, for a moment uh, so you can deal some follow-up damage as well. And it was it was a, a nice nice little nod to, to finding that, you know, that, that weak spot that wasn't super uh, clearly telegraphed, but it sort of allowed you to experiment a little bit. Um, so I thought that was that was a really cool moment where you can uh, you know, use this this really free flowing combat that feels really good to control, and you know, use a bit of creativity to find new openings as well. It really it really does encourage you to explore not only in the the overworld, which is beautifully designed, but in combat as well, trying to exploit enemy weaknesses in unexpected and delightful ways. You know what that moment really reminded me of? It's when I was at school and everyone would be like, oh, you've got to use the fireball in that boss and that's the way, the way you get through it. And, you, and everyone was like, oh, hang on, I had no idea. But like, really, even though I didn't, ha- you know, wasn't telling anyone else, I just sort of came across that as well. Um, and in reading your work, uh, sort of had a bit of a heads up for it. Thank you for that one. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, when that moment came up, I really felt like I would had been letting on a secret. And I think that's a, a really nice thing um, that you could say about this game is that yeah when you go through it there is a real sense of discovery and then you mm. feel that like you're just pulling back the layers and and everything that's in there you know has been very cleverly thought out but it kind of does give you that sort of feeling that oh wow i've just discovered something really cool um i wonder yeah. if that was sort of the same for you yeah yeah that that was exactly the same uh, because there's yeah so not only with with the urn which there as a as a combat example but th- these the the levels or not not the levels as such but the the sort of areas that you explore are all sort of interconnected um again to 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 lean on the the dark souls type of um uh, comparison one thing that those games are heralded for is their in- interconnected uh sort of level design where if you loop around a level you know kick down a ladder or open this door that was previously unopenable from another direction then you realize oh that connects up to the very start of the level but from a different angle so now i can take there's a shortcut uh, there there are moments like that littered all throughout death's door so it feels really satisfying to, to see this from this isometric view uh, where all of these these levels and these areas are so beautifully designed, almost like a um, diorama, to, to see how they connect up or you can sort of see, oh, okay, that's the way forward, but how do I get there? And then as you fight your way through enemies, you know, go through little little dungeons and uh, little hidey holes, you, you figure out, oh, okay, yeah, so now, now I'm where I was earlier and now I can see how that all loops back and connects back in. Uh, but then there's also some little moments that deal with some perspective tricks as well. So if you uh, say snake around the the edge of a a structure you may realize oh hang on i can actually sneak behind this building and the camera will 
flip sort of uh, you know 90 degrees uh, to the other side and there's there's a secret here so I can actually use that and it'll give me like a, a health bonus or a, a bonus to my sort of spell capacity or, or something like that uh, again rewarding that exploration and you know really showing how interconnected and very tightly crafted this uh, this world is it's it's very satisfying um who's this game for this game is for i think as as we've we've covered before uh anyone who enjoyed especially those those older school uh, zelda games linked to the past uh i am particularly partial to to minish cap on the game boy advance it's probably one of my favorite zeldas of Best all time game by yeah <laughs> oh well i've found my kindred spirit um the um yeah so those, those sort of those sort of games people will gravitate and enjoy their store or you you, you'll be the sort of player who will enjoy uh enjoy this experience i think um yeah and anyone who enjoys a a good action adventure game uh especially one with a great soundtrack uh beautiful visuals with such stunning uh, shading effects there's some really great work done with the the lighting and shading uh throughout the entirety of death's door but yeah, someone someone who enjoys a challenge. So if if you're looking for more of a, a breezy uh, experience, perhaps don't play Death's Door right now. But when you're looking for an action adventure game with tight combat, uh, a decent challenge, and plenty of secrets to find along the way, then I reckon Death's Door is right up your alley. Uh, that's uh, Death's Door. It's out on Windows. Uh, it came out on uh, the Xbox earlier this year. Um, and it's now out on the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation as well. So if you're interested in checking that out, uh, it's definitely one to have a look at. Um, thanks to uh, the developers for giving us access to the game uh, for the purposes of putting this review together. This is Mainstream. So this has been Mainstream by Sifter. It's what games the Sifter team have been playing and our friends as well uh, in the media. Chris, thank you so much for being part of uh, this episode of Mainstream. Thank you very much, Gianni. An absolute pleasure. Uh, Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Mainstream theme music. Now, if people want to find your work online, where can they read uh, the stories that you've been putting together, the interviews um, that you've been conducting recently? Yeah, so Games Hub is where I've been busy uh, most most uh, recently. So I reckon if you want to check out what I've been doing, Twitter's the best spot. So at Bibiboy, B-I-B-B-Y-B-H-O-Y. If you're online, you can give Sifter a follow as well on social media uh, at Sifter HQ, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, wherever you'd like to find us. That's where we are. And we would love to see uh, some of those amazing screenshots that you've collected in games like Death Store. You can share that in the Sifter Discord. That's at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. Um, you can also tell us about what you're working on. Um, we've got a lot of creative uh, people in our Discord who share their projects um, and you can do so as well. And every week we give a bit of a shout out to everything that people have been making. That's at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. We've got another podcast. If you'd like to hear a bit more about what the process of making games is like, it's called Lightmap. Um, we spoke, speak to game developers, creatives, people working in interactive media, making really, really cool things. So head to your podcast player, type in Sifter, and you'll see Lightmap and Mainstream where you can get every episode 
of both for free. While you're there, also maybe check out Mobile Arcade Club if you're interested in arcade, uh, the Apple Arcade games, which there's some really interesting titles in that. It's like a, a, a nice curated experience. So definitely one to, to check out um, if you're online. Um, we've got a website. Go to sifter.com.au and the best thing you can do, share it with your friends. If you like this, uh, if you like Chris's work, share it because that makes a big difference um, to uh people finding out all the cool stuff that we work on that's all the time we have for this episode thank you so much chris thank you once again and until next time have fun if you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game you have to check out mini motorways on apple arcade It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.